the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are doomed. Unless, of course, we listen to Alexandria Overrated Cortez, who just discovered the existence of a garbage disposal over the weekend. Uh, if you haven't seen that, just Google it. Just, just Google it. I'll, I'll have, if I have a chance, I'll talk about it later. Maybe play the, the actual sound of her talking about it. But anyway, uh, we're doomed unless we listen to her or maybe listen to the United Nations that came out with a report saying that if we don't do everything the environmentalists uh, asked by the United Nations and and consulted by the United Nations say, millions of plants and animals are going to become extinct. We'll talk about that in a minute with a guy who wrote a book called Confessions of a Greenpeace Dropout. We've had him on before. But we are really doomed if the people who are pushing this stuff ever are completely in charge. And how do I know this? Because I came across this story only a few minutes ago from New Jersey. A New Jersey politician wants to ban all bags, paper or plastic. Uh, The governor, Phil Murphy, he uh, vetoed a bill back in August uh, that would have imposed a five-cent fee on both paper and plastic uh, carryout bags, but he he didn't like it because it didn't do enough to promote uh, the state's natural beauty. He says single-use single carryout bags, particularly plastic bags, represent a significant amount of the litter that clutters our communities and Mars, New Jersey's beautiful shoreline and parks. So, uh, so there's a bill that's working its way through the legislature now, apparently. It's called uh, S-2776. And as that bill is written, the legislation would ban food service businesses and other retailers who have storage larger than 1,000 square feet, which would, of course, make me make my store, if I could, 999 square feet, if I wanted to. But anyway, um, larger than 1,000 square feet from providing their customers with plastic bags. The bill would also ban, ban plastic straws. <laughs> Uh, violators would be fined anywhere from 500 to $5,000, depending on the number of offenses. But that bill has been sitting around. It hasn't been since September. Nothing done on it. But this idiot, Bob Smith, who's a Democrat from Middlesex, New Jersey, a state rep, or I don't know if he's a senator or a, a rep, but anyway, he, um, he, he, everybody in New Jersey is unfortunate that this guy took a trip to Aruba. Because he wants to amend S-2776 to ban those stores from also handing out paper bags. So you can't have a plastic. You go to the supermarket, you can't put your stuff in a plastic bag or a paper bag. You're supposed to hold out your shirt, you know, and then they'll just, you just hold it up and you carry it up to the cash register, you know, the stuff in your shirt. Um, And then when you leave, they put it, you know, you Put it back in your shirt and you walk out to your car. Um, and this is, he says, it came to him while he was on vacation in Aruba. Uh, whatever they're doing in Aruba, I don't want to do it. Okay? I mean, I, the weather's nice, a good place to go on vacation. Whatever their government is doing there, I don't want to do it. But anyway, he says, nobody's grumbling. This, uh, this is what uh, this uh, Bob Miller, Bob Smith says. He said that the Arubans have really taken to bringing their own reusable bags to the store. Everybody in line, they all do it. What are they going to do? They're going to go to prison probably if they don't. They're going to be, they, they make, what's the average income down in Aruba? I don't know. $38 a week and then, then they're going to be fine. 28 cents a fee on paper bags. According to Smith's comments on his yet-to-be-released amendment, his bag ban would be more radical still. No bags whatsoever. No single-use plastic. No paper. He says he stands a good chance of getting this uh, paper bag ban through. He claims he already has the support of the Senate leadership and the state's grocery store association, for some reason, is some. For, they're on board with this. So that's where you are in New Jersey. 
You can't get a. You, they're going to make you bring your own bags to the. Uh, it can't be a paper bag or a plastic bag. They're going to make you bring your bag to the. Uh, you know, the one of those cloth bags to the store with you. That's what. That's what you got to do, and um, because it's going to save the planet and prevent littering. But here's the thing. One of the things they don't take into account is people use the plastic bags to throw things out. It. They, they're like I. I get a plastic bag and I eat some fruit and the skin and everything, I, I put it in that bag and then I throw So where are you going to put that stuff? You throw it in the street? I, I don't know. I don't know. I have, well, I'm have. i wondering whether they're going to ban poop bags because I have two dogs and, I, you know, I pick up their poop. I talk about poop a lot on this show, but it, but I, I pick up their poop and they're plastic. What are they going to make me do? Carry toilet paper out on the street? I can't. They're plastic bags. We can't be throwing those away. That's where we are. We're doomed. When we come back, we're going to talk to a guy who used to believe a lot of this stuff, and now he doesn't. It's uh, Patrick Moore, the author of Confessions of a Greenpeace Dropout. When we come back, stay there. Hey there, gun lovers. Here's an exciting opportunity to celebrate your Second Amendment freedoms at the number one destination for American gun owners. It only happens once a year, so don't miss out. This is your chance to claim your discounted tickets to the Concealed Carry Expo coming to Pittsburgh the weekend of May 17th through the 19th. It'll be an action-packed three-day event at the David Lawrence Convention Center you don't want to miss. Text EXPO to the number 87222 right now to lock in your discounted tickets and to learn more. It's that easy. And you'll get exclusive access to check out new guns and gear, a free live fire range, reality-based training simulator, training, and much, much more. Plus, if you register right now, you'll also get your free responsibly armed American t-shirt made by Nine Line Apparel. It's a high-quality shirt with a limited edition design. But that ends very soon. Don't get left behind. Hurry and text EXPO to the number 87222 to get your tickets now. That's the word EXPO to the number 87222. Have you heard the crack of the bat, the cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Stagerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 671 That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. If you take a look around your hometown, you might notice that there seems to be a mattress store on every corner, each with a different sale every weekend. Where do you start? And how do you know if you're actually getting a good value? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, what you see is what you get. You'll find our hand-built, high-quality mattresses at the same great price every day. Stop by one of our local factories or stores to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference. Great beds, no bull. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the Original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, 
and ditch the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Alexandria overrated Cortez told us a while ago that we have 12 years to get with a program where we're all doomed. And most, if not all, of the 47 Democrats running for president right now seem to have signed on to that. Just the other day, the New York Times told us that, according to the United Nations, we are, quote, transforming Earth's landscape so dramatically that as many as one million plant and animal species are now at risk of extinction. Patrick Moore is co-founder of Greenpeace and the author of Confessions of a Greenpeace Dropout, and he joins us now. Uh, Dr. Moore, thank you for being here again. Nice to be back, John. And I guess the best way to start is to ask what your first reaction was to the New York Times story on uh, the United Nations assessment of our impending doom. Well, I've seen it before, John. In uh, February 99, which is a while back now, the National Geographic carried a an issue, an issue titled The Sixth Great Extinction. Of course, there have been five great extinctions and many more smaller ones in the history of life, and we have a pretty good idea because for the last 500 million years, which is half a billion, life has had skeletons, either on the outside, like clams and crabs and things, or on the inside, like fish and us. Mm-hmm. And so those have been preserved in sediments, and so we can see when species disappeared from the sediments. And we know of five major extinctions. The last one, of course, 65 million years ago, (laughs) when the dinosaurs, among many other species, went extinct, almost certainly due to an asteroid which hit Yucatan south of Florida. The four prior to that, there's theories about why they happened, but no one knows for sure. But the likely problem in all of those cases was the the blinding out of the sun with ash in the stratosphere. That could have been caused by massive volcanic activity. It could have been caused, as the last one was, by an asteroid penetrating the Earth's crust and throwing masses of material up into the higher atmosphere where it would stop the plants from being able to photosynthesize and thus cause tremendous havoc on the planet. So what they're doing is they're playing on this idea that now we are going to be the cause of the next great extinction. It's never come true. The National Geographic story over 20 years ago, whatever it was, never came true. And this one isn't going to either. These are predictions, which, as Yogi Berra famously said, are difficult, especially when they're about the future. And so (laughs) this is the ultimate scare story. I suppose the only other thing that would be scarier would be an alien invasion. Mm-hmm. And I see they're even talking about that now. Yeah, I'd prefer that. But uh, let, let's go through this. It's a it's a fifteen hundred page report, and one of the claims is that in most places the average abundance of plant and animal life has fallen twenty percent or more. Yeah, well, that's a number they're plucking right out of the air. I want to see Latin names, John. Every species that we've identified on this planet. Uh, and that's about 1.7 million. Now, when you get down into the bacteria and protozoans, it gets a bit more complicated because uh-huh. it's hard to speciate them. But let's talk about the species that we would think of, you know, animals, birds, and all the plants and that yeah. sort of thing. There's 1.7 million of them identified, and they all have been named. Many of them also have common names, but all of them have Latin names. They've been published in journals. So they can't just go around saying that a million species are in danger of going extinct unless they tell us a bit more clearly which ones they are. As a matter of fact, it's only a handful of species that are in danger of immediate extinction, and even some of them are being overrated. You remember they told us the polar bears were going to go extinct. Now we found out their population has more than quadrupled since 1970. I just had uh, one of your fellow Canadians on, the woman... Um, Susan. Susan, Susan yeah. Crockford. Yeah, she, yeah. she wrote the, uh, the book about the, um, the, this, the polar bear catastrophe that never happened, and we just had her on like a week or so ago. Yeah, and she, all by herself, with all these other scientists getting their annual government grants to go to the Arctic and pretend that they're counting polar bears, 
they they are all saying they were going extinct, and so that they need more money to study them for the last 20 years. And uh, the fact is, Susan Crockford actually has looked at the data and counted the bears and listened to the Inuit people up there who've been there for 3,000 years. They say there's too many polar bears now, and they're starting to eat people. So this whole thing about extinction is just another scare story. They're even saying that humans are going to go extinct. And AOC, of course, said the world is going to come to an end. I'm not quite sure what that looks like. But uh, it's complete baloney, isn't it? The yeah. world is coming to an end. Well, uh, according to the UN, it, uh, humans are pushing. Uh, I'm just I'm kind of quoting from this. I, I went through it and picked out some things I wanted to run by you. Uh, according to the UN, humans are pushing animals like the Bengal tiger to extinction. Humans are doing it. Well, yes, humans have caused the extinction of a number of species. Actually, nowhere near as many in the last hundred years as when Europeans spread out particularly to Australia, to New Zealand, and the other Pacific islands like Hawaii and Fiji. Islands in particular were very susceptible to new species being introduced there, species of predators and disease like snakes, for example, and rats and cats. And in, in Australia, rabbits were causing a problem. So the fact of the matter is, is we have caused extinctions. But it's been mainly by three things, overhunting, which is what the Bengal tiger problem is about, mm -hmm. and eradication efforts, because people don't want Bengal tigers eating their children. And that, that is understandable. Yeah, but kind of course, of, yeah. there, are pro there are programs to save the tiger, and I don't believe the Bengal tiger will become extinct. It wasn't until about 1930, when the passenger pigeon went extinct in North America, that people woke up. Before that, only a few naturalists and scientists cared about extinction. People thought it was just normal, and so they killed they killed things till there was none left to eat them. A lot of times, like the bird, for example, in the Southern Ocean, sailors stopped at the island, killed as many as they wanted, ate them, and came back for more later until there wasn't any left. Yeah, and agriculture agriculture has also had a major impact on species. But unless we want to stop eating. And that's why it's important to have intensive agriculture using genetic science, technology, and, and all of the other aspects we've learned in, to, in agriculture to grow more food per acre. Because the more food we grow per acre, the less forest and natural habitat we have to cut down to do it. And that's why greenhouse growing is so important. It's much more intensive, and that's why they put carbon dioxide on, into the greenhouses on purpose. Of course, Climate change was mentioned in this too. Well, well, and it, mm -hmm. it, you know, sure. if you tie, if you say catastrophic climate change and mass extinction all in one breath, you're going to scare a lot of people, and that's what they're trying to do uh, in order to control us. They use fear, and the New York Times loves it because it sells papers, and everybody's happy. Now you mentioned uh, uh, agriculture. I remember a long time ago, uh, I was doing a radio show. It's at least ten years ago. Um, I had uh, someone on to talk about organic food, and yes. I, I, I'm pretty sure that I remember him saying that one of the problems with everybody loves organic food is that it takes a, a huge amount of, um, of real estate to grow organic food, much more so than if you don't grow it organically. Is that true? Generally, yes, because many of the rules in so-called organic food uh, reduce the yield. Uh, like you can't use so-called so synthetic nitrogen fertilizer. The nitrogen used in nitrogen fertilizer comes out of the air. <laughs> what could be more natural than the air? I don't know. You know so, so, but anyways, the point is there is organic as it's used in agriculture and food is a marketing term. It's mm. not a scientifically valid term. In, in science, in particular in chemistry... Organic chemistry is the chemistry of carbon, the chemistry of life, whereas inorganic chemistry is the chemistry of copper and steel and nickel and bronze and all the other materials besides carbon, whereas carbon dioxide is part of organic chemistry and carbon dioxide is the basis for all life on Earth, and yet we're being told on the other story about catastrophic climate change that we're all going to die from that, too. And it's, it's, they've got it completely backwards. But the main point is on this extinction story, they're simply using it to scare us in the same way AOC did about the climate change. It's phony. There's no way that anybody can predict the future with that kind of accuracy. But 
the thing that galls me is that people who say they can predict the future make me look dumb because I admit that I can't. And so it, that, that's the most annoying part of it, uh, John. Mm -hmm. We're talking to Dr. Patrick Morris, co-founder of uh, Greenpeace and the author of Confessions of a Greenpeace Dropout. So um, is this stuff strictly agenda-driven, or do these people, do any of them, many of them, most of them, really believe what they're selling? It's agenda-driven and it's career-driven. While, while you're mentioning uh, who I am and what I do, I've just been elected as chairman of the CO2 Coalition in Washington, D.C. My previous chairman was Dr. William Happer, who's now in the White House as a national security advisor and hoping to put together a committee to look more deeply into the claims being made about climate crisis and climate catastrophe and all good, this. Good, Because we know it's not true. We know carbon dioxide is totally beneficial to life on Earth. It is the food of life, and it's at its lowest point in these last millennia as it has been in the whole history of the Earth. It's been constantly drawn down by life itself, which is ironic, but that's what's happened, and put into the sediments as fossil fuel and limestone from the shells of marine creatures that made armor plating for themselves. A, a smart move. But it's, it's caused the CO2 in the atmosphere and the oceans to constantly go down. By burning fossil fuels and making cement, we are helping to restore the carbon balance on this earth. We're bringing back some balance to it. Whereas it was constantly going down, our emissions of CO2 have finally turned that around, and it's going back up to levels that are beginning to be more healthy for plants, which is why the whole Earth is greening. NASA knows this. They have a website about it. The scientists in Australia and Europe know about it. It's poo-pooed by the climate catastrophists because it doesn't fit their narrative of CO2 being bad. But what's happening is the carbon dioxide is fertilizing the whole Earth's vegetation, causing forests to grow where they couldn't grow before, increasing the yield in all our agriculture, and increasing the production of wood in all our commercial forests. It's a total boon. And even if CO2 does make the temperature go up a tiny bit, which there's no proof of, that would be good too. There's no way that this little tiny bit of CO2 that's in the atmosphere is going to cause a massive increase in global temperature. That's simply not possible. And so the whole thing is a scare story, and I wish people would learn and realize that. Okay, so my, the question obviously then is, um, uh, how much are you, are you in, an, a, in a distinct minority among scientists? Because you know you hear about the the consensus is that you know we're all doomed if we don't listen to them. In the first place, no, we are not in a big minority. They just won't print us. They will not put us on. The, the, the mainstream media, many of them have actual policies not to allow people like myself to speak. So it makes it look like the majority of scientists. But look at who's doing all the talking. AOC, Al Gore, Bill Nye, the science guy. These are not climate experts. They're publicists, charlatans, and opportunists. Yeah. And so they are, they are the ones who are telling us that an, a, a, an overwhelming majority of climate scientists and climate science and climate scientists is just code for everybody who agrees with them. If you're not a, you know, if you don't believe in what they say, you're not a climate scientist, you're a climate denier. Even though I am a climate scientist, I'm called a climate denier because I don't agree with their story. The other important point, though, is that consensus is not a science word. It is a political word, yep. as in democracy, where you look for a majority of people to side with a particular policy. Policies are not the same as facts. Facts are not decided by consensus. And if you look back in history, Galileo, Darwin, Mendel in genetics, Einstein yes. in physics, hey. all fought against the consensus hey, that Doc, was wrong. Dr. Moore, I'm, order I'm, I'm completely out of time. i got 10 seconds to tell you thanks again for being on the show. We'll have you again. I really appreciate it. Great, John. See you soon. All right. Bye. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. In Colorado, the Douglas County Sheriff's Office has put out an alert saying shots have been fired at a school and two people have been injured. The shooting happened at the STEM School, a K-12 charter school at Ridgeline and Plaza and Highlands Ranch, a town 12 miles south of Denver, Colorado. Authorities have asked the public to avoid the area. 
The sheriff's office is saying it is an unstable situation. Again, there's been a shooting in Highland Ranch, Colorado, about 12 miles south of Denver, and two people have been reported injured. The Dow plunged today 473 points on worries about trade tensions between China and the United States. The Dow was down by 473. The Nasdaq dropped 159. The S&P lower by 48. Oil dropped 85 cents to 61.40 a barrel. This is SRN News. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Joe Walsh sees anti-Semitism everywhere. Anti-Semitism is a disease. And if you don't, if we don't contain it, it will spread. In fact, I don't know of another hate that you can find equally on the far fringe right and the far fringe left. The Joe Walsh radio program. Weeknights at 9, right after Larry Elder at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. You're an insurance agent. You're also an entrepreneur looking to grow. And what better way to grow than by being your own boss? Owning your own Farmers Insurance Agency has been called one of the best small business opportunities in America. With a nationally respected brand, award-winning training, and your personal experience business coach, your opportunity to grow is unlimited. No franchise fees required. Visit BeAFarmersAgent.com and start growing. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Hunt and Associates is your resource for examining the important financial aspects for your retirement plan. Listen to our podcast radio show, Hunt for Retirement, by visiting gwhunt.com. On this week's edition of Hunt for Retirement, we discuss securing lifetime income. Text HUNT to 555-888 or visit gwhunt.com to listen to the podcast now or call 844-366-HUNT for a free copy of the book, Income Allocation, and a free retirement income report. One in seven men is diagnosed with prostate cancer in his lifetime. The good news? When caught early, it can be treated. The bad? All treatment options have side effects like impotence, urinary leakage, and rectal bleeding. New Space Ore Hydrogel is FDA cleared and clinically proven to help. Men receiving Space Ore Hydrogel are more likely to maintain their normal sexual, urinary, and bowel functions. Visit spaceoar.org or ask your doctor about Space Ore Hydrogel. Here is your new Pella Lifestyle window when open. Here it is. Closed. The new Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door for sound control, energy efficiency, and value. Keep the outside noise outside. More peace and better rest for your family. Exceptional noise control for a quieter home. For a limited time, get 50% off installation and 12 months no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA. PellaPittsburgh.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway West inbound, it's a very slow ride from Roslyn Farms Road all the way to the Fort Pitt Tunnel Parkway East. Very heavy outbound. You're stacked up Forbes Avenue to Edgewood, Swiss Vale. Now, as we head over to 79, see a slow ride outbound from the Parkway North to 910 in Scott Township, an accident, Green Tree Road at Green Oak Lane. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Mainly cloudy for tonight. We'll have a stray shower as well, but it will be near 50. You'll see more clouds and sun tomorrow, but it'll be a warm one with the high 76. Mostly cloudy, low near 60 for tomorrow night. You'll see variable clouds Thursday, along with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. You remain warm with the high 78. Then Friday's looking cooler with clouds and a couple of showers, high near 70. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. 
couple of weeks ago, we had Rocky Blyer here to talk about his work with a project in Moon Township. It's a Miracle League athletic field. There are others in the area, and there are fields for athletes with special needs. It includes a 9,500-square-foot custom adaptive playground with an ADA restroom facility. It's in Moon Park. Jim Leland, the Pirates' former manager, is also involved in that project, and he joins us now. Jim, thanks for being here. Yeah, great to be here, John. Great to talk to you. So, uh, tell me tell me about the Miracle League of Moon Township uh, and the Miracle Field. And uh, from what I understand, the construction was supposed to start the beginning of May, so I assume it's ongoing and ready to get up. Yeah, that's correct. You know, they're getting that started, and it's, you know, it's just a it's just a great thing. It's a great thing for these kids, and it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to people to participate. Some people are a little less fortunate than others, and I think it's just a, it's a great idea. I know Sean Casey was involved with the one out in St. Clair. And, uh, you know, just glad to help out, really, in any way you can, and we ask people to help out. And, you know, people are after you all the time to make donations of this and that, and we understand that, certainly. And, you know, any time that you can help somebody out, particularly in a situation like that, you, you just feel good about yourself. And you also, you can see the results of uh, when it's something like this. You know, you're you're going to see the finished product here people are going to see what, yeah, what you're they gonna, donate yeah you're going to see the finished product and they usually like have a person with them they kind of select the person that watches them and takes care of them during the process of these activities and everything when the kids start to do this and everything and it it's kind of a bonding thing to be honest with you with somebody a little less fortunate and once again it's a it's just a great opportunity for people to volunteer and to, and to help out and, and put a smile on somebody's face that's the the buddy system, uh, I think, is what you're talking about. They. Uh, that's right. That's correct. Um, and that's correct. Uh, I, I've seen uh, Sean Casey, the field that they put out in Upper St. Clair. It's amazing what they do there. Oh, it's unbelievable the way they construct these things and everything, and they, they have the ramps and everything for the kids. And, and you know, I think it's a, it's a it's also a little bit of a load off the parents' mind. I think that their kids are getting this activity. It probably takes a little stress off the parents. I think it's just. Overall, it was just a great idea, and it's, it's a great opportunity. But you know, it's, it's what Pittsburgh's all about. It's about helping others, and that's really, you know, that's really what it's about. Now, tell me about the uh, the chili cook-off. Well, we had a chili cook-off at Chartiers, and Katie was very, very proud of her chili. And <laughs> we, we actually, it was a, it was a selected second, but we we were a little upset we didn't win. But uh, we tried to rig it, but we couldn't rig it. It was all it was all above board. And uh, but some people did make donations uh, to Katie's Chili, and like I said, Katie in turn they turned around and donated that to the Miracle Fields. Well, you did the the commercial with Rocky, so Rocky Blyer's involved, and Sean Casey also, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and uh, Edgar Snyder did the commercial with us. It was it was great. I mean, I, I I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And like I say, it's just trying to get a message out there that you know that people have any opportunity that you know they have an extra dollar somewhere or a little extra time. It's just a great opportunity for them to, like I say, feel good about themselves. And uh, I'll give the uh, the details here later of how people can donate. But uh, one of the reasons that uh, they're doing it out in Moon is that the other fields around here have been so successful. They're they're crowded, and uh, they need they. It's been a success, so they need more, right? Yeah, that's right. I think it, that, that's exactly right. I think you know they were looking for an opportunity, someplace to put it, and you know it's it's becoming a very very popular thing and i i think people are really into it like i said i think people just feel good about themselves and it's just an opportunity for the less fortunate and i i just you know it, it, i mean it just doesn't get any better than that and you're right i mean it's it's really kind of spread like wildfire a little bit and it's great ideas and i know i talked to Sean about his several years ago when it started and you know helped him out a little bit I, and i thought it was great and then i actually got involved this time from a friend from Chartier's uh, country club where we belong and asked me to get involved a little bit, and uh, you know, we, it's uh, it, it's just a it's just a great thing. And I just mentioned here that uh, this field in, in uh, Moon Township it'll serve areas uh, Montour, West Allegheny, Moon, Sewickley, Weirton, Steubenville, Beaver County, and surrounding communities. So, uh, and um, all these schools have approximately one hundred to two hundred children will be eligible to participate in the league. And it'll also uh, serve adults with special needs. So it's a great cause, Jim, and uh, appreciate you being involved. And and while and I, as I said, when we're finished here, I'll uh, I'll give the information on how people can donate. But while I have you here, I can't let you go without asking you some baseball stuff, if you don't mind. Um, okay. I uh, just my, I guess my I haven't talked to you for a long time. Just uh, what are you doing now? You, I know you're not managing, but you're still involved in baseball somehow. I would guess. 
That's correct. I still work for the Detroit Tigers, where I retired as a manager in 2013, but I still am a, uh, uh, you know, an advisor to the general manager. I just in the area. In fact, I was up there for the no hitter that kid pitched his first double A start. I was actually in Altoona, uh, where the Pirates double uh, A team is. So I was up there, and I also work for the Commissioner of Baseball. Do some things on the rules committee and replay and things of that nature. Work with Joe Torrey. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's been good. You know, you stay active, but it's really, you know, it's not at the same pace you were at when you were managing. Obviously, <laughs> no. you're not gone, not gone from February to, to October, you know. Right. Now, do you find yourself managing games when you're watching them, or are you able to just watch the game? Well, I, I watch the game, but I do try to watch the strategy and try to figure out, you know, what the manager was thinking about in certain situations. Uh, I saw a situation last night that was kind of interesting. The team was down. Uh, three, four runs, three runs in the, in the, in the ninth inning, and, and the team that was ahead was hitting in the, in the bottom of the eighth, and they had men on first and third, and they played the infield back, and I was kind of surprised because, you know, if they hit a ground ball and you don't turn the double play, you give an extra run, and you right. only got three outs to go to hit. So I was kind of, you know, it, it's interesting. I don't really second guess. I just try to think along with the managers and try to, th- you know, try to figure out what they're thinking about. Now, that's, uh, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about because, um, you know, you and I have both been around a long time. You've been involved in baseball for a long time. I've been watching it for almost as long. Um, and if, to be a manager now, uh, sometimes I feel like uh, I, it might be able to bring me in to manage a couple of games because uh, it seems to be uh, kind of cookie cutter. You know, I have my sixth inning, my seventh inning pitcher, my eighth inning pitcher, my ninth inning pitcher. You had to do a little bit more thinking about that, didn't you? Yeah, well, I mean, and that stuff. And at the end of the day, that stuff's not going to work. I think one of, the, well, you know, while you got me on, I think one of the things that I, I'm all for information. We've had that ever since I managed on the statistical stuff, the matchups. Yeah. There's more of it in today's world. I'm all for it. I'm, I'm, I'm old, but I'm not old school. I think any information is good, but uh, some of the stuff they're trying today is just not going to work. I mean, when they're going to these bullpens in the fifth inning with starters on 100 pitches, time after time after time, that's just not the end of the day going to wear out your bullpen. I think that's one of the biggest problems in, in, in baseball today is that the starting pitchers are being groomed in the minor leagues to throw so many pitches beyond the game. I don't think that's a good thing. Pitchers need to pitch, and your best bullpen is a seven-inning starter. That's one thing. The other thing is the strikeouts. If you look at all the strikeouts oh. in today's game with the launch angle and everything, well, in reality, if you watch, night after night, I just had our guy in Detroit check it with some unbelievable percentage. The hitter that strikes out swung at at least one bad pitch, and in a lot of cases, two. So the hitters are not controlling the strike zone. They got this launch angle. They're winding up. They're trying to hit home runs, and they're not picking up the ball. And they're swinging out of the strike zone all the time. And a lot of those strikeouts come consequences of swinging at bad pitches. So <clears throat> those are two things I think we need to change. No, but I'll tell you what, Jim. The, the, a stat I saw last year uh, was stunning to me. Uh, that last year was the first time in the history of baseball that there were more strikeouts than hits. And that's correct. And here's the thing, though. Now, that surprised me. But then I heard that they gave the number. I don't know it was 15 years ago or when it was. Uh, but it, uh, there was this point not that long ago when there were 2,000 more hits than strikeouts. And now there were the, it was right. almost exactly the same, but a few more strikeouts than hits. And you just talked about why well, that's – why. I mean, when did, when did, when that, did it all sort of evolve that way? Well, I think people just got into the home run and the long ball so much. But the problem is, John, you got – Little guys swinging like big guys, but they're hitting like little guys. Mm-hmm. And the big guys swing like a little guy and hit like a big guy. <laughs> and that's, that, you know, there's not much to the art of trying to actually win the game by way of something other than a home run. Moving runners, putting the ball in play with less than two outs and a man on third. A lot of people don't believe in a two-strike approach. I'm a big believer that there's uh, probably three or four guys in every major league lineup that when a man on third and less than two outs should go into his two-strike approach from the first pitch on. Mm-hmm. So that they put the ball in play. I think I think it's ridiculous what's going on. Are they talented? Absolutely, they're more talented than ever. I mean, they have you know they have great talent, and I I do believe in some of the uh, statistical stuff they talk about, that some of the new theories and everything. I think it's great. I, I'm all for advancement, but at the end of the day, it's still about putting it in play, catching it, throwing it to the right base, and at the end of the day, that's those are going to be the teams that win. Yeah, and uh, I mean you're talking about analytics, which is everywhere now. Uh, I, again, I'm I, I'm an old school guy too, uh, in many ways, uh, obviously. But I don't really need to see what, what how many miles an hour a ball was going when it. If, I think I, I mean I think you could probably tell when you were managing and when you were coaching uh, when a guy was hitting the ball pretty hard, <laughs> couldn't you? Well, I, th- I think I think one of those. Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the things that happens there is 
I think that's just verification for people that really haven't been around baseball and don't understand the sound of the, the sound yeah. of the ball off the bat. And, and I defend those people. They haven't been in the game. They're really not baseball people. They're very bright. They're making good contributions in today's world. But they're just they just they need something there to verify what they what they believe they're seeing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of tells them that yeah, you know, this is right. Boy, he hit that whatever. But I never you know, I never got into that because I was it, it sounds simple. I guess you sound a little dumb, but to me, if it went over the fence, what's the difference? It's a <laughs> yeah. home run. Yeah, well, I but, mean, who cares if it went over in 10 rows or 2 rows or whatever? Right. I mean, it, it makes no difference, you know. Well, I, I, and I think also when you, you know, if you're a manager and a baseball is an everyday game, that's the separation from any every other sport. You play every day, uh, for you know, for almost every day for what six months. And if you're a manager, I, I don't know how many numbers you need to see to say, well, you know, this guy's really hitting the ball hard lately, and, and maybe he's maybe his batting average isn't showing it. But you as a, that's one of the things that you as a manager supposed to figure out, isn't it? Well, yeah, this guy's only yeah, hitting two sixty, but I, but I, but he's hitting the ball hard. He's gonna his average is gonna come. That's right. I mean, you you have all that stuff in front of you. You have a lot of statistical stuff, but you have to watch the game and the stuff about you know what's going on now is well, we don't want the pitcher to face the lineup the third time around. That's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, you can you can save your bullpen. There's days when you got a seven eight run lead, you let that guy go an extra inning. I can understand if you're talking about very very young pitchers and you want to protect them a little bit. But you can't have all young pitchers in your rotation protecting them all. It just won't work. You're going to kill your bullpen. So, you know, I think you need a few veteran starters that can, you know, take a pitch count, get you into the seventh inning on a consistent basis, and then the day when you pitch a young guy, okay, hey, my bullpen's fresh. I can use them. I can protect this guy a little bit. I'm all for that, and I'm all for protecting young pitchers. But if you look at Maddox and Glavin, they all pitched innings in the minor leagues. These kids today don't pitch enough innings. They throw a certain amount of pitches, and they pull them out of the game. And I've never figured out yet. Nobody's ever shown me any evidence. They said, well, if you throw 75 pitches, you're fine. But if you throw 76, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard anything so ridiculous in all my life. Again, that's feel, though, isn't it? I mean, that's what a manager's supposed to do. And you have to talk to your pitching coach, and you talk to the pitcher in between innings, and that's how you decide whether he's still got it or whether it's time to yank him. You watch the game. Right. I mean, you watch the game and see how it unfolds. The hitters will tell you how the pitcher's doing. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I, I mean, I, I said the other day, I, I'd, I'd like to see Bob Gibson's reaction when the manager came out, at, or rather told him, uh, after he was he had a shutout going for seven innings and he wasn't going to pitch the eighth because he had thrown too many pitches. Yeah, that wouldn't work. That's, uh, that's, that, that would not be a good idea. You know, and it was, I know it was a little bit different, and I yeah. know it through time, but, you know, we have, we have all more training and everything that we've ever had. We have guys hurt more, I think, today than we've ever had. because We got all this stuff. And it's just, you can't train that hard when you're playing 162 games. You, the body just won't take it. And I think that's one of the things that's created injuries. And, you know, I'll tell you this real quick. I told Dave Dombrowski when I went to Detroit, I said, I'm not having a team stretch at 4 o'clock. He said, oh, I, I think you got to do that. I said, well, I, I'm not going to do that. So make a long story short, I didn't have a team stretch. We, we ran a few sprints. We played catch. We took our batting practice. We, took, we went in. The guys sat. They ate. They played cards, whatever they did. But I had my guy come out right before the game, left field, stretch him out really good, make sure everybody's stretching everything. Well, the last year I managed, he called me in the day I left. He said, you know, i got to tell you that in the eight years you managed the Detroit Tigers, we had less pulled muscles than any team in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, you know, that makes sense. Hey, listen, I only got about a minute and a half, two minutes left here. Uh, you mentioned you're working with the replays, and we just had an incident at the Kentucky Derby, which pointed out again that, you know, fans are, it's sometimes you, you think you see something, and you cheer, and you're, you're excited, and then you find out ten minutes later that you didn't really see what you thought you saw. So how is baseball going right. to work with that? Well, I, I think baseball's done a pretty good job of that. There are a couple that even New York didn't get right, but that's very rare, I think. I think for the most part, the right team, the team that's supposed to get the right call is getting the right call. I think we're normally pretty good on the time frame. Uh, it's a little slow at times, but I think normally uh, we're right in the time frame. I actually think baseball's done a pretty good job with it. It's never going to be foolproof because, you know, I've looked at things on TV. <clears throat> I was in the room in New York. I've looked at replays, and there's some you actually can't tell for sure. Mm-hmm. You just cannot tell. And consequently, then you don't change the calls. You know, normally that doesn't happen. But in the Kentucky Derby case, I thought two things. I thought they made the right call. I thought the guy did interfere. Mm-hmm. But, however, I do back the owner of the horse that, that got disqualified because he said, well, if you saw this, why was there not a steward's inquiry? 
Yeah. And I think that's a very legitimate point. Yeah, and that happens a lot with replay is that um, the problem is uh, in hockey they've got they're 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 letting a team um, uh, they're negating a goal because they go back and look that when they entered the zone the guy's skate was an eighth of an inch offside a minute and a half before the goal was scored. You know, and, and my, right. my my feeling about those are look that guy being an eighth of an inch over the uh, over the blue line didn't isn't why you gave up the goal. Don't give up the goal, and you know don't get saved by ridiculous technicalities like that. I don't think it, baseball. I don't think is set up that it's going to happen as much that way as other sports. No, I don't think so either. And I, I, I you know, I, I just think that was a it was a real tough call. It was a real big race. I think they made the right call, but I don't think the method that they used to make the call was proper mm-hmm. because they should have had a steward's inquiry. If they felt like that that was, you know, they're watching that race. They're watching it from all angles. And if they thought there was an infraction there, then there should have been a steward's inquiry go up immediately on the board, not from some jockey that came off. I know there's jockey inquiries and steward inquiries, but if the stewards saw that, they should have put it up on the board. And I think that guy has a legitimate point. Hey, Jim, I'm out of time. I appreciate you being on. Thanks, man. Good luck with the uh, Miracle, Fi- Miracle League, and we'll be talking about it with you again soon. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks John. Okay, take it easy. And if you'd like to see how you can help, maybe donate some money, please go to the website. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. Miraclesinmoon.org. We'll be right back. Have you heard the crack of the bat, the cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Steigerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in health care today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on a to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. Across America, it's snoring season. Right now, 90 million Americans make this sound every night. Snoring can be caused by breathing through your mouth when you sleep. If you have a blocked or narrow nose, then you're more likely to open your mouth to breathe, causing snoring. Thankfully, there's mute, an ingenious Australian invention that could quiet the snoring season once and for all. 
Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device that sits inside the nose, supporting your airway and keeping it open while you sleep. You'll breathe more easily through your nose and snore less. In fact, in trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute, allowing them both a better night's sleep. Put snoring season to bed, America. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. For more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, Sandy Cortez, also known as Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez, also known as Alexandria Overrated Cortez around here, um, she uh, has some strange things up on her Twitter feed, uh, video-wise. Uh, you don't, you can't see this, but I think hearing it, uh, you know, just in your mind, just picture a close-up of a garbage disposal and listen to what this idiot said. I am told this is a garbage disposal. I've never seen a garbage disposal. I never had one in any place I've ever lived. It is terrifying. I don't know what to use it for or what its purpose is. Like food scraps? Like is this environmentally sound? I don't know. I am told this is a radio station. I am told this is a microphone. I don't know what it's for. This person, I mean, she used to be a bartender. And I'm not running down bartenders because actually I would probably prefer most bartenders be running Washington, D.C. than the people who are there now. But this is who is out there wanting to run your life and thinking that she knows what's best for all of us. She doesn't know or claims not to know what a garbage disposal is. What else can I say? Except I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs>